This is Scott Vanderplu, and you're listening to the Artist Edition Index Podcast, Episode 38. for joining us once again for all things AE where we take the written word from aeindex.org and bring it to voice on this podcast once a month. As I said, I'm your host Scott Vanderplu and you can reach the site at aeindex.org. You can reach me scott at aeindex.org and you can find the site on Facebook Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Those links are available on the site, aeindex.org, at the bottom. So have a peek there. All right. That's the, uh, that's the sales pitch for the uh, intro. Let's get into the month that was. Right? And I'd like to do this podcast at the end of the month to recap what happened. So the big news for January 2020 is the 2019 Dunbeer Awards. Now this was, I always said the Scott Dunbeer Awards, but I'm trying to uh, cut it down a little bit, make make it sound a little more prestigious like the Eisners. Uh, It's a work in progress. All right, we had the voting for 2019. Now in 2019, let me recap for you. We had six books released, and I'll go over those. Berkeley Breathes, Bloom County, Artist Edition. Frank Thorne's Gita and Erotic Treasury, Volume 2. Jim Lee, DC Legends, Artifact Edition. John Burns, Marvel Classics, Artifact Edition. Spawn, Vault Edition 2. Walter Simonson, Star Wars, Artist Edition. I gave you those in alphabetical order. That's how they appear on the site. And the voting goes in the same order. Voting and uh, results. Categories on the site are Best Publisher, Best Design, Best Reproduction and Scanning Quality, should change it to and scan quality. Best overall, favorite material, purchases. So they're all single choice except for purchases where I ask you to click off everything you bought that year. So this is a, you know, it's interesting. We had a large number of voters last year. And now when I look at the results, I think the voting is way down this year. I'm not quite sure why. I think I said this last year and I, I'm uh, bemoaning it again, but I think I need to send press releases out to every comic site that the awards are going on. It's been going on, blah, blah, blah. I give a little background. Give the sales pitch and ask people to, to try and do the votes. Um, yeah, it's the, when you look at the votes for, I mean, I'm not spoiling anything because you can go on the website and check out the votes constantly. Um, uh, I'm recording this on the 31st. It is the last day of the month and the last day of voting. So when you hear this and if you haven't voted, please go immediately and vote because this closes at midnight. But right now it's Landslide. John Burns Marvel Classics Artifact Edition is pretty well sweeping every category. Uh, Not even a close. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It leads in everything. Purchases, everything. And then publisher... Best publisher, IDW, is just, is just killing it. I mean, otherwise, I don't want to spoil anything else, so go on, check it out. We will discuss the uh, the results in detail on uh, next month's podcast because there's still an opportunity for people to come on and vote. So let's please do that. All right. Moving on to April 2020 solicitations. Now, that means these solicitations went online 
third week of January from the previews February 2020 catalog for solicitations in April or later. Now for AE format books, it's always later. Then nobody does a two-month solicitation. Normally people do four months, six months. All right, one book was solicited, which is better than last month where no books were solicited or the month before no books solicited. So the book on offer is something that's been discussed previously online and it, because it appeared it's been mentioned at conventions and that is EC Covers Artist Edition. Let me give you the blurb from the solicitation. EC Comics, under the guidance of publisher Bill Gaines, was, according to the editor of this collection, the greatest line of comics ever done. This once-in-a-lifetime artist edition collects more than 120 EC covers by their best and brightest talents. The luminaries included in this gigantic 15 by 22 inches tomb, tome, is it tome? Tome include Wally Wood, Harvey Kurtzman, Graham Ingalls, Johnny Craig, Al Williamson, Frank Prezetta, Jack Davis, Al Feldstein, and more. To make a baseball analogy, this is a murderer's row every bit as noteworthy as the 27 Yankees. To date, IDW Publishing's Artist Edition series has won six Eisner Awards. Each cover has been shot from the original art. While appearing to be in black and white, these images were actually scanned in color, enabling the reader to see all the subtle little nuances that make original art unique. Blue pencil notations, sip a tone, white out, all of these and more are clearly visible. Honestly, the only better way to see these covers is to be holding the original art in your hand. Publication date solicited for July 15th, 2020. 15 by 22 inches, 160 pages, 150 US. Um, I think uh, Scott Dunbeer should be able to make that date. He said previously that about 50% of the covers that will be included in this have previously appeared in other artist editions. So there's been quite a few from the EC line. We've seen a Wally Wood individual volume. We've seen a Johnny Craig. We've seen a Graham Ingalls. We've seen a Jack Davis. We've seen Best of EC 1 and 2. Somebody mentioned on the forum, uh, you know, they, they, it was very nice. They listed out every cover that appeared. But they included Mad, and I don't think this is going to include Mad covers, but I'm not sure, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, that's the one book solicited. Now let's talk about solicitation changes. So just uh, if you're new to the podcast or to the Artist Edition Index in general, I update the solicitation dates every day. When there's a change, uh, and that's not true. Yes, I check every day. I update when there's a change, and I, I change the date. Um, there's nothing. Diamonds not working on the weekend, so they don't change the dates. So generally, I change the dates Monday to Friday. All right. Notice the list is getting smaller, and I thought I'm gonna. You know, we should just discuss everything coming up, and then I can mention what was changed. Original art, Dan Klaus, Fantagraphic Studio Edition. I think uh, that that's being released February 12th. That looks like a firm date. Uh, Fantagraphics has been promoting it heavily. There was a release party for it yesterday, at the, I think, at, at Fantagraphics. So that's pretty firm. I think the titles change. I, I don't believe the Fantagraphic Studio Edition portion is appearing in the title. We'll have to check the colophon when we get that. All right. The Sandman Overture, J.H. Williams III Gallery Edition, is still scheduled for February 26th. Don Rose's The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck, Volume 2, Artist Edition, has moved to March 4th. That moved today. James Cameron's The Abyss Artisan Edition, adapted by Michael W. Kaluta, also moved to March 4th. Because these two books are in lockstep and moving every time, that makes me nervous. Would IDW really release 
both on the same day, it, it's a wonder. Walter Simonson's The Mighty Thor Artisan Edition, March 11th. Dave Cockrum's X-Men Artifact Edition, March 25th. The Best of Vampirella Magazine Art Edition, March 25th. Let's see if that happens. Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four Artisan Edition, April 29th. Nexus, the Newspaper Strips, Volume 1, The Coming of Gourmando Artist Edition, June 3rd. That's a... I'm not sure when that move happened. It's fairly recent. And then EC Covers Artist Edition, the new solicitation, July 15th. You know, interesting with the Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four Artisan Edition, this is the first Artisan Edition that I'm not seeing solicited through bookstores. And I think that was the... I don't quite understand that move. Because this is an affordable format. It's a $50 uh, softcover with French flaps, it's a nice package. And if they're not putting, if it's only through comic shops and not through bookstores, why are they doing the artisan edition? Because that book is, that artisan edition is still in print. It was an interesting move. I'm hoping that is going to happen still and that it's through bookstores. I think the wider array that these books can hit, I think that there'd be, makes a better opportunity for people to find the artist edition format and to fall in love with it like myself and the listeners hopefully you have too those are the shipping changes Um, there were no sales numbers because no AE format books were released in December we will see sales numbers next month because two AE format books were released this month so let's talk artist edition out of print sales for December 2019 we always take a look at what was for sale the previous month. And that's, this is eBay. Just to reiterate uh, what I put in the blurb at the top there. Um, it's books that either are not available from Diamond or sometimes not available from Diamond. So I just, you know, if it's, if it's not necessarily out of print but not available, back order, uh, I put them on this list. I normally list the, I list the standard cover. The variant covers just in, always go for more. They just do. Any variant edition goes for quite a bit more online. I have to. St- I would like to start tracking those, but it's just so much extra work. I do track the variant covers. You can always find those on the website. All right. Let's talk about what's sold. It was a lighter month for sure, even though I thought, ah, oh, maybe, you know, Christmas gifts would bump the numbers up. One copy of the Alien Illustrated Story, the original edition, sold for $81. Two copies of Bernie Wright's and Artifact Edition, second print sold, 105 average. And no copies of the first print sold. That is very interesting, I thought. One copy of Best of EC Comics, Volume 1, sold for $100. One copy of Bill Sienkiewicz's Mutants and Moon Knights and Assassins, Artifact Edition, sold for $180. Wow. One copy of Dave Gibbons' Watchmen, Artifact Edition, sold for $125. One copy of Dave Stevens' The Rocketeer Artist Edition sold for $107.50. Two copies of David Mazzuccelli's Driver Born Again Artist Edition sold for an average of $173.75. One copy of Don Rose's The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck Volume 1 Artist Edition sold for $61.90. One copy of Fanographic Studio Edition Al Foster's Prince Valiant sold for $99.95. Well, that's, that's a good, well below cover price. One copy of Frank Miller's Daredevil Artifact Edition sold for $95. One copy of Frank Miller's Sin City, The Hard Goodbye Curator's Collection, sold for one fifteen twenty two. Two copies of Gene Colon's Tomb of Dracula Artist Edition, sold for an average of 83 Five copies of Gil Kane's The Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition, sold for an average of eighty one oh one. That is a... I don't know what's going on with that. It's a moving. 
One copy of Jack Davis's Easy Stories Artist Edition sold for $124.95. Two copies of Jack Kirby's Marvel Heroes and Monsters Artist Edition sold for an average of $111.50. One copy of Jack Kirby's The Mighty Thor Artist Edition sold for $120. Three copies of Jim Lee DC Legends Artifact Edition sold for an average of $100.07. One copy of Jim Starlin's Marvel Cosmic Artifact Edition sold for $138.96. One copy of Joe Kubert's Tarzan of the Apes Artist mm-hmm. Edition sold for $65. Two copies of Joe Kubert's Tarzan and the Lion Artist Edition sold for an average of $72.50. One copy of John Buscema's Silver Surfer Artist Edition sold for $125. Two copies of John Byrne's Fantastic Four Artist Edition sold for an average of $125. Three copies of John Romita's The Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition Volume 2 sold for an average of $71.66. One copy of Lone Wolf and Cub Gallery Edition sold for $72. One copy of Marvel Covers Artist Edition, first print, sold for one thirty. Three copies of Spawn Vault Edition sold for an average of three thirty three thirty three. This continues to be the big book. If you have a sealed copy of Spawn Vault Edition laying around, I would put it online if you're still keeping it around sealed. Even or if you just think, well, maybe I'm tired of this, I'll sell it. This is book continues to stay hot. One copy of Star Wars Dark Times Gallery Edition sold for $72.90. Two copies of Stranko Nick Fury Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Artist Edition sold for an average of $125.25. One copy of the Prisoner Original Art Edition sold for $72.72. Wow, that's practically cover. That's awesome for whoever was able to sell that. One copy of Wally Woods EC Stories Artist Edition first print sold for $199.99. And one copy of the second print sold for $143.50. Four copies of Will Eisner's The Spirit Artist Edition sold for an average of $86.90. Ah, there's a book that deserves to be in the hands of every reader out there. All right. That's the monthly sales. Interesting. would like to uh, take a moment here and promote the Instagram. Uh, This is something new I started for 2020. And what I'm doing is I'm running through the first Artist Editions because this is the 10th anniversary of the Artist Edition. The Rocketeer appeared in August of 2010, and so for 2020, the Index is celebrating 10 years of this format. And as part of doing that, I'm putting up one image a day for my reviews, starting with the first Artist Edition and working through. So the first one was Dave Stevens' Rocketeer, and it took almost the whole month to put up and now I'm into the second one which is Walter Simonson's The Mighty Thor so we're into a couple pages of that and we'll follow that as it goes so if you'd like to get a or like to see a page every day please subscribe or follow I'm sorry the uh, Artist Edition Index on Instagram that's Instagram slash AE Index alright I wanted to get to a reader email this is from Paul H and he said Scott, I would be interested in a discussion on the podcast as to a publisher's criteria for an artist's edition release. Is there any criteria that governs these releases aside from expectations of profitability? I would like to hear your thoughts on this. For example, I would love to see an AE covering the art of Akira Toriyama, but I am unsure if an AE release for his art is even a realistic possibility. I believe he is popular enough that an AE release of his art could be profitable. But there may be other criteria that weigh against such a release or make it outright infeasible. I enjoy your podcast and your website. Thanks for your content. Sincerely, Paul H. Paul, thank you so much for writing in. 
love these kind of things. And I since I normally reply right to an email, but since you asked for a podcast discussion, I thought, hey, great, let's cover that on the podcast. Is there a criteria that releases anything aside from profitability? I would say no. I think profitability is the primary expectation uh, and reason to publish a book, right? These are these um, outside of a Kickstarter, which I think a lot of times is published for love of the material and people are just trying to get it done. I myself have keep looking at Kickstarter as a, a way to do some of these books uh, from newspaper strips. But I have not got there yet. Been researching libraries and where to get material, but that's a aside. Um, so first is is it will would it make a profit? And I think a step back before that is is the material available, right? I mean, there's no point in even looking at profitability if you can't get enough material for a book. Either a, a complete story or something a collection of material. I think the lowest number of pages we've seen for one of these books is the. Um, was the prisoner, and then we've seen complete stories like the uh, David Mazzuchelli's *Dirt of a Born Again*, which was upwards of 200 pages. So, is the material available? Boom! It is great. Will enough people buy it? Had some discussions with some publishers, and they say, "Well, you know, this, you know, it's no publisher will give me a minimum number. I would love to see. No, it's you know, based on this format, we need to sell 300 copies." to make this book feasible. I, I would love to see that number from publishers because then we could be promoting it. We could say, hey, you know, we need this number. Can you hit this? I know Wayne Allen Harold has been very upfront about the printing numbers. He was printing 500 copies of the books and then they don't seem to sell enough. So this last book, uh, P. Craig Russell's The Selfish Giant and Other Stories, Fine Art Edition, he moved to a different publisher and did 250 copies. So that sort of, you have to think about that, right? Is what is the number to make it feasible? And I think that that's the, really, that's the main criteria. Absolutely. There's no point in, in publishing something and losing money, right? And especially if you're a publisher and you've got a, you've got a, uh, you've got to keep making pub, you, get, you know, you get... If you got a book that you're on the fence about and it doesn't quite sell enough, then the next one's got to make up more than that to cover the losses from that previous book. So you look at somebody like IDW who has published uh, a lot of these, and you say, hey, right, that's the main criteria, unfortunately. Um, there's lots of books that I've wanted to see published. I mean, I think I, I'm, I was an 80s teenager, so that was my, you know, that's my reading period. So, um, John Bolton, Paul Smith, Romita Jr., these are ones I'd love to see. You know, I, I mean, Batman Year One, is there anybody on the planet who doesn't want to see a Batman Year One gallery edition? That kind of stuff, you know, um... And then I think the third thing is rights, right? You've got to work with the publisher. You've got to get the rights to publish something. And if they don't want it done, then you've got to wait and you've got to bide your time and you've got to move on to something else. I was thrilled to see manga covered by Dark Horse in uh, that Lone Wolf and Cub. Can we see more? I certainly hope so. Yeah, that's... I see the, uh, you know, on the forums, uh, I'm on the Tap Talk forum. I'm, it's, there's a link on the site. I'm always, I'm there every day on the, um, 
I'm just trying to remember the name of the board. The Artist Editions Discussion Thread. Right? I'm on, there's, uh, let's go there now. There's normally something, somebody posting something every day. There are, have been, I'm trying to find the number here. There's, uh, there's been 15,735 posts, 787 pages on the site. And invariably it comes, you know, every couple months, somebody will bring back, hey, you know, I, what's your list of what you'd like to see? Well, I'd love to see lots of things, but um, what we want to see as consumers, I think at this point is not necessarily the criteria that publishers are using, right? It's, can I get the material? Can I make money? Can I, you know, <laughs> can I get the material? Can I get permission to publish it? Can I make enough money to make it worthwhile? Yeah. That's it. All right. Thanks for that question. Appreciate it. I uh, popped on the board there, and uh, it was Citizen Wayne who posted five days ago his list of covers. He posted, uh, da, da, da. He's got, he shows 75 covers, but uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16 of those covers are from Mad. So like I said, I'm not sure those will appear. But um, a lot of covers. That's sort of, um, I noticed he didn't include the portfolio in the list. So there's also that Best of ECE portfolio that had some covers. Now that also had recycled covers from the books. So, I think the covers is going to be pretty exciting. The covers have seemed to sell really well. The Marvel covers sold well. You know, I brought up on the forum that uh, since these aren't complete stories, the criteria of labeling a book an artist edition is that it contains complete stories, and an artifact edition complains incomplete stories or pages from stories not complete. So, really, these cover books should be called artifact editions. But... uh, They've stuck with Artist Edition, and uh, it's worked so far for the covers, books, so they'll continue on with that. So this is Scott Dunbeer. All right, two AE format books were published this month. Very exciting. It's been a while. So those two, let's discuss each one of those separately. P. Craig Russell's The Selfish Giant and Other Stories Fine Art Edition. Here's the blurb. This beautiful 12 by 17 inch oversized hardcover features complete stories scanned from Russell's stunning original art. While appearing to be in black and white, each page has been scanned in color to recreate as closely as possible the experience of viewing the actual originals, including blue pencils, notes, art corrections, and more. Pages are reproduced art at original size on heavy paper stock to provide fans, aficionados, and collectors with the best possible reproductions. This 128-page fine art edition includes the following complete stories, all classic Oscar Wilde fairy tales that have been adapted to comics by acclaimed artist P. Craig Russell, The Selfish Giant, The Star Child, The Young King, The Remarkable Rocket, The Devoted Friend, and The Nightingale and the Rose. 128 pages, 12 by 17 inch, 150 US. This was offered through Indiegogo, and then was released through... Di- this. Um, um, they shipped in December. And then it was released through Diamond, uh, January 22nd. I think it still lists the ship date as January 29th from um, Diamond, but it actually came out the 22nd. This book, third one from Wayne Allen Herald Productions, uh, it's great. It's uh, I love, I have the five hardcover volumes from NBM, and I love these. I'm still waiting for the remaining stories to be published. I really hope they 
see some they see print but uh, yeah so Russell gives a introduction to the entire volume at the beginning and then we see images and then we see every story uh, most of the scans are quite nice I had some trouble with scans in the uh, young king um, no, was it the Young King? No, I don't think it was. Let me just sorry, scroll up here. I'm looking at my review. Uh, I think it was always oh, the Star Child. Just some softness in the bottoms of the pages, and uh, not detracting enough uh, to say, "Ooh, you know, bad pages." But it's it's there. And then uh, I thought the uh, interesting, a couple things about this I thought was interesting. I found a spelling mistake that. Uh, was corrected in the uh, in the print version, but uh, I guess, because these are, this is the beauty, right? This is because it's original uh, original art, and uh, it was what was written on the page. Caught a spelling mistake in the Young King. Very nice, but uh, yeah, the uh, as as it mentioned in the uh, uh, not solicitation, but in the in the uh, Indiegogo campaign. Um, they hired Galen Showman to hand letter the four stories that were digitally lettered. So the young king, the Marco Rocket, the devoted friend, and the Nightingale and the Rose were originally lettered digitally and separately from P. Craig Russell's original artboards. So they took on that expense to get those done. I thought that was interesting. Other publishers have been just overlaying the uh, digital lettering on the scans. So I'm not sure you could tell the difference, but the hand lettering is nice in that it... Uh, it's got a worn look. I'm not sure how Showman did it, but uh, it looks in line with the other pages where the lettering is aged, so it was, uh, it was very nice. To see these stories uh, at this size are awesome. Uh, I love Russell's adaptation of this material. It just looks so great. And, uh, you know, it's uh, at, at the point where he was doing these, his, I think his, his uh, art style that he has now, was, was st- he was established in that. So we have this work appearing in that style, and it's just gorgeous. You can't you can't go wrong with Peter Russell book, and I, I mean he's getting to be maybe <laughs> I don't know. This is the seventh, I think, or sixth. I'd have to look it up. And it's so nice. I mean, I just I would certainly get every one that he's done. He's done a Dark Horse Marvel. These pick them up, people. <laughs> just 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 get them if you're a fan of russell you really need to pick these up and uh because it's a small publisher we know harold i frequently see them on sale on his website so if it's still available i check that and pick it up from there uh there's been some talk on the forums uh they uh, because of the move to a smaller printer for this the books do not come in a, in a cardboard case and people are slightly bemoaning that um they were shipped in a padded envelope with a with the sticker that we've grown accustomed to, image from the book, title, barcode, that kind of thing. But this is available online from comic retailers. Uh, I check your local comic shop. I think there was mostly pre-order, and then I'm not sure what kind of availability there is left. So always from uh, Wayne's website though so check that out all right second uh, review this month was ed pisker the fantagraphic studio edition uh 
And that was... Here's the blurb. Ed Pisker, the Fantagraphic Studio Edition, highlights the work of this Eisner Award-winning cartoonist, focusing on his two best-known series, Hip Hop Family Tree and X-Men Grand Design. In addition to excerpts from these two major comic projects, this impressive tome features dozens of other gems from Pisker's archives, including commercial art, designs for a line of public enemy action figures, and much more. January 22nd, 2020, 12 and 3 quarters by 19 and 3 quarter inches, 180 pages, 150 US. Now the reason that odd sizing, uh, the art sits in the middle of the page and there's decent borders around the art, but every page has a footnote. Pretty well every page has a footnote. I'd say, you know, 90%. And that's really the, uh, it's, it's a, it's a astounding sellout feature because, you know, Pisker gives, you know, he, he, he reflects on the art, whether the criteria or reactions or material, just his, you know, he, you know, he went through his archives, picked out all the pages that he thought, you know, should be represented in the book and then gave his, gave his thoughts basically on the pages it's it's really well done now again like all fanographic studio editions there's nothing well i shouldn't say that because the uh, jaime hernandez book had complete stories but this is a sort of a career retrospective where just pages are picked uh pisco released four volumes of hip-hop family tree so there are you know there's groups of three and four pages in this but there's nothing there's no complete volume we don't uh, we don't get that and as I said in the review, I think it's a disservice to Pisker and his work that that X-Men is even mentioned or in this book. There's It's a 180-page book. I think we see 150-something pages of Hip Hop Family Tree, and we see, you know, uh, nine pages of X-Men. Or was it 12? Let me just check my review here. But it's not. It's, it's just don't include it. Don't try and sell the book to X-Men fans. Or is, you know, his X-Men, the fans of the X-Men book. Because if they buy this and they, you know, they're not crazy about Pisker's other work, then they're going to be hugely disappointed that this had, you know, so few pages. But it was, you know, I mean, hip-hop for this is, this should have been just hip-hop family tree because he does the complete, you know, there's there's roughs, there's the covers, there's a lot of pages. And then there's the... Um, at the back, he he designed the public enemy action figures, and uh, there's the material there. It's that's really well done too. The wh- how it's covered, but yeah, the it's a really outstanding book if you're a fan of Pisker and his work. I had not read any Pisker work, but because I'm a huge fan of Fantagraphics and this format, I I picked this book up, and it's uh, it's 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 really exceptional. A lot of a lot of great material. So any any fan of the medium. Or the fan of Pisker or how he approaches should really pick this up. Well worth it. All right, that's the month that was. Uh, I should mention that uh, you can support the Artist Edition next three ways. One, become a patron through Patreon. That's uh, patreon.com slash index. And for a dollar a month or whatever more you'd like to contribute, you can help support the site. Uh, second way to support the site is using any of the links I have on the site to purchase any of these books. Uh, they're all affiliate links, so I get a small percentage back from any of those. That's always appreciated. And the third way to support the site is by clicking the PayPal me link and just giving a one-time contribution to the site. 
So all those would be greatly appreciated. You can follow us on uh, social media, but I think the best way to follow the site is to sign up for the newsletter. It comes out every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. It recaps the week, and you can see what was on the site. So just one, you know, one quick look from the eyeballs, and you get to know exactly what happened in the week at the A Index. All right, thanks for joining me, and uh, we will talk again next month.